the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All of us, even Christ followers, we are born as sinners. When we step across that faith line, the grace of God saves us. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We are being saved as we're being made more and more like Christ. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. There's a tool you can buy to scrape your tongue off. As we're all conscious about all the all the viruses and all the germs, people are saying, make sure you get all those germs off of your tongue. I don't have that tool, by the way. Our tongue speaks to our health. It speaks to what's going on in our life. It's positive and it's negative. Our tongue can cause us to Praise God and give thanksgiving and congratulate others and compliment others. Our our tongue can even be that which leads us to pray for salvation. But our tongue can be used for innuendo or criticism or flattery or cursing or vulgarity or boasting or even blasphemy. James would say our tongue has the power of hell. Listen to what it says in verse 6. The tongue is a fire. It's a fire. So earlier he said the tongue is small. It's like a, a spark that gets a fire going. But now he says it's a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and is set on fire by hell. What is he saying? Well, he's speaking of natural man, natural woman. You got to remember, James is talking to the church. That's why he says brothers and sisters. But now he's reminding us that all of us, even Christ's followers, we are born as sinners. When we step across that faith line, the grace of God saves us. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We are being saved as we're being made more and more like Christ but we still have the natural self. What's your natural self? Don't tell me. You know, my natural self, my natural self is a horn-blowing, hell-raising hollerer. I mean, I, my natural self is sinful. My natural self is a person that when I drive around Tampa, I don't want to lay on my horn and get angry. And But I've been redeemed. And so I, I don't deal as my natural self. So James is saying, all of us have in us this poison, this cancer that is either going to be controlled by hell or you can choose to let it be controlled by heaven. 
but but you get to choose. It can't be both. I was thinking about that this week, and I thought about the best illustration of this in Scripture. Peter was mightily used by God, both as a disciple, but then even more importantly as a preacher and an apostle after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. But Peter, like David, is not remembered for his best moments. He's most remembered for his worst moments. What was his worst moments? His worst moment was when he denied Christ. Just before the denial of Christ, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was telling them about what was going to happen. And you remember what Peter did? Peter said, that's not going to happen. No chance, God. We're going to stand in the way. We're going to be victorious. And do you remember what Jesus said? Get be behind me, Satan. Now, why would Jesus say that to Peter? What did Peter do? Peter was just doing something you and I do every day. Peter was just telling Jesus what he thought, his opinion, how he felt about things. But Jesus called him Satan. Why? Jesus was saying, Peter, your words are not my words. Those things you're saying, they're not of me. And he was making the point that if you're saying things that are not of me, that can only mean you're saying things that are of Satan. Because there's only two sources, heaven or hell. Peter would go on to deny Christ. And it's interesting what his accusers said after he denied Christ. Do you remember this? They said, your words betray you. And then the scriptures tell us in response to that, Peter just began to curse. It's a natural self. It's coming from hell. It's the inspiration of Satan. And so what James is saying, you and I, we have to decide who's controlling the tongue. Maybe you need to think about this question. How often do the words we profess contradict the one we claim to possess? We say we're followers of Jesus Christ, but our words contradict those. So James, after talking about these consequences, is, is going to tell us, look, you've got to decide where your control is because you cannot have the same lips giving sincere blessing and serial blasting of others. It doesn't work that way. Because the control of your tongue determines the course of your life. Think that's an overstatement? How many times have marriages ended because of conversations that began? Whether it's just ugly talk or verbal abuse or whether it's because a spouse began a flirtatious conversation with someone else. How many times have jobs ended because of frustration that arose and words were said? I tell my children all the time, in our day, you have to remember, you've also got a digital footprint. The first thing any wise employer is going to do is check your social media account. How many times of what you said or what you've shared or what you've sent determine the course of how things went in your life? 
James is saying this control is an issue. God and Satan can't control the same tongue. It doesn't work that way. I thought about how, how could I possibly illustrate that? How, how could I help you understand that? And then I thought, man, I wish I could, I could give everyone a toothbrush today because I think that would make the point. So we, we didn't do that. I thought that would be looked at as kind of weird, but just imagine I did. I gave you a toothbrush, and, and then David here in a couple of weeks, I came back and said, David, I know I gave you that toothbrush, but I need that toothbrush back because my mom just moved to town, and we've unpacked everything, and she forgot her toothbrush. And so I just need to take that back so she can borrow it, and she'll have a toothbrush to use until um, she can get one from the store. And David kind of looks at me like I'm crazy, but uh, he says, oh, okay, Pastor, okay, sure. So he brings me the toothbrush, and I take it, and I give it to my mom. She just moved into Concordia, Independent Living, and, and she's so thankful. She uses that for a couple uh, of, of weeks, but then we realize, wow, Publix is literally right across the street. And so we walk across the street, we get her a toothbrush, she gets a new one, and I bring David his toothbrush back. Say, so here you go, man, thanks so much for giving me your toothbrush. Do you think David's going to take and begin to use that toothbrush again? This means no. (laughs) That is gross. In fact, it's disgusting. Nobody wants a toothbrush from one mouth to go into another mouth. You know what James was saying? A tongue in a mouth that's controlled by God wants nothing to do with a tongue in a mouth controlled by Satan. One is dirty, filthy, nasty, and gross. One is holy and righteous and honoring to Jesus. But it can't be both. So when I think about that, I, I begin to ask, wow, who's in control of my tongue? Because Jesus taught that what comes off my tongue is really in a demonstration of who's in control of my life. Matthew 12 and verse 24, 34, it says, you brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 17, Jesus went on to say, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and that defiles a person. Hmm. So remember what we've been saying? The one thing I want you to walk away with, the greatest evidence of a spiritually mature person, it's it's a tamed tongue. How tame is your tongue? A couple of weeks ago, I asked you, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict? Because our faith is supposed to work. I, I thought about that question, and I want to pose it a little differently. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would your tongue help convict you or acquit you? And by the way, you should think about that because we're living in days as Christ followers where persecution is probably going to be greater. You may face some things that, that cause you to have to step out in your faith and, and people are going to question. So what are they going to say? Are they going to say, hey, you know, I know he goes to church. I, I know she says she's a Christian, but listen, 
I, I was with her out last night at the bar. I'm telling you, I've heard her talk. She, she don't, she's not taking it seriously. I was with him at the gym, and I'm just saying to you, when he's at the gym, he doesn't say that stuff. So you need to let him go. He, he's not serious about this. I, I'm in a class with him, or I'm in the workplace, and boy, the water cooler. Boy, I'm just telling you, th- th- this Christianity thing, it's not a big deal to them. Just let them go. Or are they going to say, you know what, you're right. I don't, I don't know how, but I don't hear them gossip. I, I don't hear them curse. They always tell the truth. They're, they're looking for the best in others. See, that's why this is such an important issue. Because what I say really reflects who I am. I can't stand in church and raise my hands and sing hallelujah and then get in the parking lot and blow the horn and say, go to hell. I can't do that. It's contradictory. One of those is false. One of those is an act. So I'm digging into this passage and I'm asking, do my words reflect Jesus? Do do they represent him and do they reflect his glory to a watching and a listening world? When people look at me, when they hear me, does does it make them want more of Jesus? Because it can be that way. Remember, David taught us his praise can ever be on my lips. I I can honor him with my thoughts and my words. I can be positive. I can be encouraging. I can build others up. I can focus on truth. Or I can be negative. I can be a person of lies. I can be a gossip. And I have to decide who's controlling my tongue. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Remember the verse I stopped on that said, Man, you got to hear this because this is a big deal. James said, no human being can tame the tongue. And you see, that's important because that's an example of what separates Christianity from the way most people are trying to live out our faith. (laughs) This is good. You're about to get a bonus because I really think God just gave me a little clarity in how to share this with you. Most people today... They've made it about religious practice. So if you come to a church building like this and and you 
maybe take a note or if you think, hey, that made sense or you sing a song and raise your hand. or If you're going through some motion, you feel good about things. But what we've made this is just a moralistic deism. We believe there's a God and he just wants us to follow rules. So all we're left with is just to do our best at following the rules. And some days we do good and some days we do bad. And so we walk into a church and we feel guilty. And so we walk out saying, I'm going to turn over a new leaf because I'm an American. We pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. I can do this. I can get over this. I can be better. And yet God's word says no human being can tame the tongue. So what do I do? Where's my hope? (laughs) That's what so many people miss about the Bible. Our hope is not in you. It's not in what we do. Our, Our hope is in the gospel. And so when it comes to this issue, when it comes to our tongue, the only way your tongue will be truly controlled is for your heart to be truly changed. I sometimes regret my testimony. Not really, but it's it's hard. I know I can't relate to some people. I grew up in a pastor's home. My parents were godly. They were the real deal. They modeled faith. So I really was in church all my life, and I, I learned the things of God. But that means I've spent all of my 51 years around church people, professing Christ followers. And yet I've heard the same things that I hear in the world all my life. Whether it be the most common sin in the church of gossip or whether it be cursing or whether it be just lies being told or deceit or division being sown. And you can't help but think, God, our hearts have never been changed. So this isn't a message about who's in control of your tongue. It's a message about who's in control of your heart. And only you can know that, you and God. And if you know that he's in control of your heart, boy, I would challenge you today, having held up the mirror of his word and letting it reflect on you, walk away with any commitment to yield control to him that you need. If you've been sinful in this area, thank him for his grace, receive his forgiveness and repent. Stop it. But if you're known as a gossip, if you're known as a dump where everybody brings their gossip, if you're known as one who's always negative, if you're known as one who people think don't tell the truth, if you're known as one who just gets angry and you burnt out and, and your words are hurting people, then you may want to stop and question, have I ever truly been changed? And if you're that place where you haven't been changed, boy, I've got some great news. That same tiny tongue that can be used to cause so much destruction can also be used to direct you to God.
In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth. I first started preaching here over nine years ago, and a couple months in, someone came and said, I'm leaving the church. I said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll miss you. Tell me what's going on. Well, I, I don't like the fact that you leave people to pray every week and give them an opportunity to ask Jesus to, to come into their life. That's, that's not how you do that. And I said, oh, oh, okay, except that in Romans 10 and verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. For, for from the heart one believes and is justified, but it's with the mouth that one confesses and is saved. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus Christ, you, you can confess him today. And you can begin that relationship that changes everything. You can let him change you. And I'd encourage you to do that. Because one day you're not going to have the choice. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite verses in scripture. It's in Philippians chapter two. And it reminds us that one day every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, even up under the earth. What is that saying? Those still here on earth, those that have died and gone to heaven, those who've already found their eternal destiny in hell, one day their knee will bow. And on that day, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why not do that for the first time this day so that you don't have to out of force and acknowledgement on that day? I love James for I love James for two reasons. One is because it's so practical and I need that in my life. Because when I look at the mirror of God's word. I realize how much growing I need to do. And this message, it's a hard one to preach because it's been hard on me to hear. I fell so much. I'm thankful that I can use my tongue and confess my sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and all unrighteousness. But I also love this book because James understood it's all about Jesus. He's the one that can, can control your tongue because he's the only one that's ever gotten it right. You might have had a good mom or daddy or you might have had a sorry one. But if you had a good one, they didn't get it right all the time. You might have had a pastor or a teacher that you like better than the ones you have now. But whoever they are, they don't always get it right. You might like the person who's in the White House or you might choose somebody different. But whoever it is, they're never going to get it right 
all the time. But the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22 that he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found even in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he continued entrusting to him who judges justly. And so we bore our sins in his body, on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by his wounds, you are healed. We look to Jesus because he can take control of even our time. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.